0: Good morning First Baptist Church of China Grove. This is the weekend. This is July 4th weekend and it's a very special weekend to every American. This is the weekend that we celebrate the birth of our nation. One nation under God created indivisible with justice for all. So here we are and what am I going to preach today? Well, I thought about it, and the thing that kept coming back to me is the one word, and I want to talk about that one word, sacrifice. Sacrifice, the definition, is the act of giving up something dear to you for the benefit of someone else or something else. It's from the Latin word, sasser, which means Holy. So, when we think of sacrifice as Christians, as believers, the first thing we think of is, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to refer you first to chapter 15 of John, where Jesus speaks about love and sacrifice. And he says this in verse 13 of chapter 15, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life, for his friends. So here we have the pronunciation that the greatest gift a person can have is to lay down their life for others. Well, certainly Jesus laid down his life for all of us. The Son was given for God's love the world that he gave his only Son. John 10. Verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the way of salvation. He made the way of salvation. He goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And again, that idea of sacrifice. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. Again, I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, he's speaking of the Gentiles. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay, down, lay it down of myself. I have power to take take it uh, I have power to take it again this commandment have I received of my father. He willingly gave himself a willing and holy sacrifice unto God. And a sacrifice for so many. Every believer and for the sins of the world. And what was his motivation? His motivation was love. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus showed us that great example By laying down his life for us. And we should always be reminded when we speak of the word sacrifice. The first thing that should come to our mind is Jesus Christ. He is the sacrifice for our sins. He is the way. He's the door. The way. The way of eternal life. He gave it to us freely. But he did that by emptying himself. Being a servant. Being a human being, putting himself and sacrificing himself for us. That's true love. And that's what sacrifice is all about. Let's talk about sacrifice for a moment when it comes to people and our country. And we want to dwell a little bit on that today and touch upon the facets of our Christian heritage You know, when I think of personal sacrifice, uh, the first thing I think of a lot of times is a woman. You say, why a woman? Because a woman, every time she gives birth to a child, she has a chance of death. She goes, as they say, into that shadow of death in order to bring life into the world. When a woman does this, this is a special gift, and all of us have been born of women And so we have been given this special gift by our mothers, putting themselves at risk in order to give us life, a personal sacrifice. Just as Mary, a virgin, gave birth to a child, Jesus Christ, who would change the world forever. When we think of sacrifice nationally, as far as our country is concerned, One of the things I always think about is a place over in Europe called Normandy, on the French north coast. The rifles have long since been silenced, and the cannons long since silenced, and there today are just peaceful fields and fields of white crosses. Those white crosses, if God help if they haven't been pulled down, are there to commemorate the deaths of those who died on those beaches so many years ago to liberate Europe from the threat of fascism and to free the world and Europe from fascism. It's a remembrance. Of sacrifice. And I want us as Christians today to be thankful for what we have received. We have received from our fathers and our grandfathers and our forefathers freedom. Now everyone in America, whether they think they've had the greatest opportunities or not, We have all received freedom because of these men. I was very blessed to be able to go a few years ago to Pearl Harbor and see the memorial there. And on the other side, near the Missouri, is the place where they unloaded the bodies from the battleship Oklahoma. And somebody was telling me they stacked the bodies in a long row. They have a fence there now to commemorate it that was at least six foot high. And I walked to that place and I stood there. And I stood on the Missouri where the Japanese surrendered. And I bowed my head and thanked God again for the sacrifices that others have made for me. That I did nothing for. I didn't ask for, but they willingly gave of themselves. No greater love has a man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. And so our nation gave up its young men for the world. And as Americans, we, and as a nation, we should be proud. As one man said to me, I heard recently, We saved the world at least two and a half times, and I didn't know what he meant, but he meant the two world wars and the Cold War. But most of the time, it was done by the blood of our our finest fighting young men. And I want to just say that on the weekend we celebrate the birth of our nation, just mention their sacrifice. We celebrate our national independence. And red is on the flag for blood, the courage or valor of those who died. White is there for purity, and blue is for perseverance and justice. And my, how we as a nation have had to persevere. But it's part of our Christian walk to sacrifice, isn't it? It's part of what we know as Christians. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. We see missionaries leave and go into foreign countries, and sometimes they are called upon to even sacrifice their lives. And so we as Christians fully understand what it means to be called upon to, to sacrifice for what we believe. Again, nationally, we look back and we say, well, what, what are the roots and the beginnings of our nation. Are they truly Christian? And I believe they are. Fortunately for us, a man by the name of Nathaniel Snowden, I want to say his name right, kept a diary of the Revolutionary War and the records. And he validates the truth that at Valley Forge, they were in deep snow, it was very cold, The men were freezing to death, starving. And he said, we could do very little to stave off either. And he was guarding the, as you would say, the the encampment there and doing his rounds as a guard. And he saw in the distance a man. And he drew close. And he got off of his horse and walked over And he heard a man praying. He said, I saw a man ahead in the clearing. I dismounted my horse and there on his knees praying was George Washington. It was such a prayer, he said, I've never heard from the lips of man. He was alone and his sword was carefully laid by his side. I left quietly not to disturb His solace. So, in America's darkest hour, in the very beginning, we find its first leader, General George Washington, in the snow, knees bowed, bent in the snow, praying to God. In March 30th, 1863, President Lincoln in the middle of a horrible civil war, at that point hundreds of thousands had died. And he thought it important for the country to pray to come back together as one nation, as we would. And he called upon America and read, and I'm not going to read the whole proclamation, but gave a rather lengthy proclamation to the American people, pleading, with them to pray and ask for healing for a nation that had been torn apart. On June the 6th, 1944, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, this is the day of Normandy, led the entire nation on the radio, in a prayer. I'm not going to read you that prayer. You can find it. But I find it significant that here we have three presidents of the United States, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who all in very unique Times of crisis either took of themselves or in two cases asked for the entire nation to devote itself to prayer. I find that a significant event. Every time our nation, it seems, is in need, every time our nation is in the blackness and darkness we call upon God. And I believe with all my heart we are in a terrible time of crisis now. We're not in a war of of guns, but maybe we're in a war of right and wrong. And we need prayer. Our country, as never before, finds itself in one of those dark places. And I believe we need prayer. And I believe we as Christians are the people, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, who need to pray. Timothy says, I would ask that prayers be given for Kings, and those in authority for all men. Well, we need prayer, folks. Look around. There's hurt in our country. There's disease. There's pestilence. There's disorder. There are so many things going on. People are living in fear. And yet, right now, more than ever before, we need prayer. President Reagan, on many occasions, called us to prayer. The history of our country, we find ourselves in troubled times always as a nation to be called to prayer. And listen, God has answered us every time. So I don't need to remind you as Christian people that it is our obligation to pray. The scriptures tell us that. That we are obligated to pray for our government. Pray for those in authority. To obey those who are authority. Paul spoke of this in Romans 13 and he was speaking of the Roman government. That most people despised. But he said obey them. What does the Scripture say? Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my voice seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. That is the promise of God. It's my people who are called by my name. That's us. And God asks us to pray. Not just to pray, but to make this prayer something significant. To humble ourselves. To turn from our wickedness. To seek His face. And when I speak of our country being in need, And our country being in crisis, I believe our Christians are in crisis. And we need to turn to Him with everything that we have. And we need to ask forgiveness. And we need to turn from our wickedness. And we need to seek His face and humble ourselves before Him. And call upon Him. So... Here we are. In one more verse this morning, second I believe it's Second Timothy chapter three. And I want us to look there. This know also that in last days perilous times. And that word means fierce or dangerous times. Dangerous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. The Bible reminds us that desperate times will come, that we will see many of the things we're seeing today, and we should not be in consternation. We should not be, even to a certain extent, upset, because God told us ahead of time, These things are going to happen. When you see these things happening and you see people acting in such a manner, God said, this is going to happen. What do we do? Crawl in a hole? Become a survivalist? No. God says, take the gospel to the world. No, that's the time we have to stand and pray. Stand and pray. that's what we need to do right now. We need to pray to God and seek Him in this perilous time we live in. Now, there's a crying need for God's intervention. There really is. When we look across our nation, there's nothing we can do or seemingly the government can do. But listen, if God is involved and intervenes, there's a lot that He can do. And I have devoted myself lately to calling on God to intervene in our country. Morning and night, my wife has joined me in these prayers. We are praying for our nation, our churches, our people in such a great way. We're doing it most of the time, I would be honest with you, in tears. I'm broken hearted for a nation. I don't think we could be any worse off than if it was 1863 and we were in the middle of the Civil War. I think that's how grievous the time is. We're in a very grievous time, a perilous time if you will. A time of fierce and dangerous. And there is need for God's intervention. And I want to just challenge our church today, First Baptist, will you join me today in praying for national spiritual renewal and for healing for our nation? There needs to be forgiveness. There needs to be letting go as well. But nothing will happen unless we pray. I will heal their land, God said. If we want healing, and you think of the great Civil War, President Lincoln knew without prayer, or even with the prayer it was difficult, the land, the country could not heal. The wounds that were inflicted by that Horrible war. And we know today the wounds that have been inflicted and the feelings, only God can take that away. And we need prayer. To end the fear, to end the violence, to end the hatred. We need God. As we have never Needed Him before. Will you join me right now, church, in prayer? Let us pray. Father, we come to You. We ask that You would intervene in our nation. Help us, Lord. Be merciful to us. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Help us to turn from them. And Lord, we ask for healing for our land, for our people. We ask, Lord, your presence. We beg, we plead for the sake of our children and grandchildren. Help us, Lord, as a nation when we've lost our way. Help us to find our way back. If indeed that's possible, with your help, Lord, it is. But we as Christians turn to you and we pray for those in authority, as you've asked, for kings and all rulers. Lord, be with us and help us. And lastly, we pray for thanking you for Jesus. He is our Lord and Savior. He has forgiven us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by Him. And Lord, if there's one in the hearing of my voice who does not know Jesus Christ, that they might turn to Him in faith, believing that Jesus died for them, and thus have life eternal. Lord, we thank You for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen.